DJ and PK, it's time now to talk Utah football with the former Ute quarterback, Frank Dolce, our Ute insider here on the Zone Sports Network. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State Award winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular and hosting subscription. Please visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Frank, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. Good to talk to you. Hope you're doing well. Well, we're all doing well, but I don't think we're doing as well as the Utes did in the first half in Palo Alto. Did that say more about Utah or more about Stanford? How'd you take it? Well, man, Stanford didn't look very good. So I, I don't know what to think about that Stanford team. They're, they're, it's a roller coaster. It's kind of a roller coaster ride. And I, I don't know if, if they have. Um, if they've cast in the season or if they're still interested in playing, but it just doesn't, it didn't feel very like, and, and, you know, I, I don't know what the the numbers were announced for the crowd on, on online. It kept saying capacity is 50,000, but it wouldn't announce the, the numbers. I didn't see if you guys saw the, the crowd, but there wasn't a crowd there. I think there 242 were 242 people. Years. I think were there 242. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, 240 were Utah fans. So, uh, I I I think Utah. It, it was good. it was a combination of Utah was was pretty good, and Stanford just didn't seem interested. No, I would agree with that. But I need you to know, Frank. We've changed clocks now. The weather's getting worse. I am in football mode. This interview right now, you need to be prepared because I'm putting hat on hat. Okay, let's go. I'm ready. I'm always ready. Isn't that a isn't that a thing somewhere? Do the Marines say that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And in my heart, I like to think of myself as a Marine. (laughs) I knew I couldn't cut it, so I didn't shine up for it. You identify as a Marine. (laughs) I I, I'm with I'm with you. I like that. The key the key word. So I think that you know we've known that Utah's had some stumbles. It's funny because for years they stumbled in November. Now they've changed that yeah. and they stumbled in December, which is good to be in the position to stumble in December because a lot of teams aren't even in that position. But the Utes are this year and they have been. And so, with that in mind, I'm not expecting a stumble. I, at minimum, minimum, I'm expecting a split with Oregon. I don't care about Arizona and Colorado, that's a waste of time. Uh, you got to play them, and they suck. So go beat them, and and hopefully nobody gets hurt. I mean that that's the goal. The goal of those two games is beat those teams and don't have any major injuries along the way. But the Oregon game next week, and then the game, which I think is just I know Utah's going to be there. I'm pretty sure Oregon's going to be there. I think they split. What do you think? Yeah i I would lean that way. Also, it's just it's really hard to beat a team twice, especially. You know, like a, like an Oregon team that's that's super talented. Although I, it doesn't quite feel like Oregon has put it all together. I think that starts with the quarterback position. Like I think they're super talented all over the field, and maybe um, average to above average talented at the quarterback position. So that that may be an issue with that football team, but. Uh, but I like what I like what Coach Cristobal does. I like his philosophy and his culture, and 
And so that's going to be, I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that it's impossible. Um, I wouldn't say it's impossible for Utah to lose twice to that, to that football team if they got in that position. But I think a split is, very, is a very reasonable way to, to look at it. And if Utah so, – so I try to say, you know, when have we seen Oregon at their best, you know, Ohio State? That was, that was pretty early in the football season. When have we seen Utah at their best? Well, that seems pretty recent. Maybe Stanford. Um, there's been, you know, halves of play where we've seen Utah really good recently. Uh, so I think if you match up Utah's best and Oregon's best, I think, oh man, I want to say that Utah edges out Oregon, but when, you know, when Oregon's at their best, they're pretty good. So I guess I just talked myself into your <laughs> one and one. <laughs> Especially they're going to play them like th- twice. They'll play them three weeks apart too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I uh, so which is more? I mean, which game is more meaningful? Do you think? think uh, second one. If it, it, the second one, yeah, yeah, the second one. So, so do you throw the, this one? <laughs> you throw this one so you can beat them in the second one. <laughs> yeah, and then you, then you and then if Oregon wins out, and then you beat them, the whole conference hates you because you didn't uh, you took away the chance for a team to go to the playoff but that's the way it goes so yeah, yeah. i mean if you if you're you no you utah you oregon needs to win both to get to the playoff so there's more pressure on them there from that perspective but if you're the utes yeah. you take the pac12 title game versus this one here there's no way oregon's going to the playoff no way I, there's no there's no way no Even way out, there's no way no way no he way. says sniggy correct them Actually, my next question was going to be everybody in all the other Pac-12 uh, campuses believes that it will be a split because everything always goes wrong for the Pac-12. They won't get a team in a playoff. What is most likely to go wrong and jack everything up? Well, Utah is going to get one of those two games off Oregon. I think the playoff committee is counting on that uh, <laughs> based on the way they, they did the rankings. But but. I just even even if Oregon goes undefeated, I just don't see the and if Oregon goes undefeated and Ohio State goes undefeated, and Cincinnati gets screwed. <laughs> Cincinnati gets screwed. But what about Oklahoma sitting outside? How does Oklahoma stay out? I thought you were going to say, uh, well, if Georgia beats Alabama, then Alabama's out. Because Alabama have two losses, and if, well, if they yeah. don't, then you have two SEC teams. That's and they absolutely set themselves up to do that. If but Bama absolutely. beats Georgia, right. Bama's one, and Georgia will fall to three. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think it's very, <laughs> I think it's very unlikely that Oregon, Oregon gets in. Hmm. So and and I don't know that a I so, don't know that a one loss Oregon team. I don't know. Is it a one yes, loss Oregon yes. team competitive with the top four or five teams? Well, well they, they have the a win over. They have a win over one loss Ohio State. And what your your nightmare scenario? I know with, without 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 their best defensive players too. I mean, Georgia, it's a good win. There's no question. Alabama beats Georgia and is one. Okay. Georgia falls to two or three. 
Oklahoma, uh-huh. if Oklahoma's undefeated, I'm not convinced they will be, for the same reason I'm not convinced Oregon can win out. But if Oklahoma does yeah. win out, they're in it too because they're undefeated. Georgia falls to three with a loss, and Ohio State is four, and Cincinnati is out, and Oregon is out. Yeah. I think and Notre Dame the, is out, for that matter. I mean, Notre Dame, we could be sitting here. You know, if Notre Dame needs one more game, Notre Dame and BYU should call each other. BYU's thinking, hey, we're one big win away from going to a, maybe a Fiesta Bowl. Yeah. To throw a game together real quick, a 13th game, you can That's, play it in Canada. There's a, there's a loophole. Well, you're a dumb hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to happen. Oh. I know it's not going to happen. Then why bring it up, we're man? We're serious here. We I don't know what win. you guys are planning on. Dude, you know you, how you do you do during the week now? You'll do like some cut-up of your interviews today. If the cut-up of you're a dumb hole <laughs> replaying all week long, I don't know what's wrong. Whoever does that, just that's, that's your loop for the rest of the week. <laughs> There's a loophole. No, you're a dumb hole. Well, I could have gone worse, but I didn't. Yeah, that was good. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks for showing some restraint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's comment comment of the day. You did, man. You did come ready to go hat to hat. <laughs> I got my hand in the dirt. I'm hat on hat today. I about dropped dead when I saw Kyle Whittingham elect to receive Mr. Defense. We're going on offense, man. He knew. They'd seen the film. He, Eel, he never he does okay, that. Right. It's okay, not so like the first time they've whacked somebody. That's true. He, but but he, the, Frank, why did they do that and then throw on two of the first three plays? Now they converted the third down, but I thought as soon as they thought that, I thought they've already scripted out twelve straight run plays to start this game. They're going after the twelfth best run defense in the league, which would be the I, worst run defense in the league. And then they threw on them on two of the first three plays. You can, you can't I can't ever decipher what you know what's in the mind of an offensive coordinator. I never understand it because to all of us, so you 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 think well. Look at that. Utah's going to go on offense. Well, of course they're going to go on offense because Stanford is terrible on defense. They give up, you know, 1,000 yards a game, and 600 of that is, is rushing. So That's just a one player. You go on, and, and yeah, and, and Utah is, you know, running the ball pretty well. So, yeah, we're going to, of course, we're going to go on offense, and then we're just going to just jam it down the middle of the line of scrimmage and we're going to beat everybody up and and we go dropping back to dropping back to pass. I don't I don't know. I mean and and I have I have learned to just say look, I'm not in the I'm not in the film room. And so what I see on TV maybe looks different than in in the film room or maybe what we see on the on the paper stats page is different than what we see in the film room, but clearly uh, Coach Ludwig and that offensive staff saw something in the pass game they thought they could exploit early, and maybe it was just a thing to get Cam Risen comfortable throwing the ball early, because they knew that maybe he wasn't going to throw the ball a bunch during the game, and he sure didn't. He didn't need to. So, I don't know. I don't know how to decipher it. I don't know why they threw the ball a couple times in the first few plays of the game um you know to keep stanford off balance who knows but but what whatever it is um utah figured it out they were really good up front and eventually they got to the part where they just started smashing stanford with the run game 
Frank, we're talking a lot about Oregon, but is there any chance Washington State beats Oregon? Because yeah. then they both have two losses. Was yeah. it have the tiebreaker? They'd be in the driver's seat. Yes, absolutely. I said that. I said that um, last week when when I was with uh, Hans and Scotty. I said, watch Washington State beat Oregon, and then and then who's now who's in charge of the North? Sure, but if you're Utah, and, you don't want that at all. No, I don't think you want that. No, no, I'm just saying that that's a that's uh, not an unlikely scenario for for Washington State to do that because it's because it's the Pac-12, and that's something that is that is very reasonable to think would happen. So until in, until Oregon State lost again, which I, who knows? I, at one point I was like, we, nobody wants to play Oregon State, and now it's like everybody wants to play Oregon State. <laughs> But at one point, it was even as late as last week. You know, Washington State wins, Oregon State wins, Oregon wins. All of a sudden, and then and then you have possibly Oregon State beating Oregon, Washington State beating Oregon. I mean, the whole North is a mess. It's a complete mess. But yes, I'm with you. Like I think Washington State could could be a little disrupt, di- disruptive uh, on on the, in yeah. in the North. Not with no PK though. That wrecks the storyline. Oregon's a storyline. It does. That's the one everyone no, wants. But PK is like, I mean, PK is very malleable. I mean, he would, whatever <laughs> the storyline is this week, <laughs> next week he would, he would have a new storyline, right? He, I mean, oh, he'd put a hat so, on a hat and go after a new storyline. There's no doubt. Absolutely. Yeah, I, don't, I have no, no, question, no question about that. The Pac-12 is just, is just weird this year. So, you know, what, whatever's happening at Washington right now, um, coaches being fired. I thought Jonathan Smith had it dialed in, um, and maybe they're still a year, a, a year away. I, I don't know. It's just it's a it's a funny conference. Dante Williams is doing everything he can not to be the next head coach at at USC. So I, it's a it's a weird conference. I wouldn't be surprised to see five head coaching op- opportunities in the South. This year, I mean that that is that seems like a reasonable possibility with with what's happening. Although you know, Colorado's kind of Colorado's kind of coming around. What do you guys think of Carl Durrell, By the way, I mean, is he is he going to get that thing going? Is he a is he a long timer at Colorado? No, I would guess no. No, <laughs> man. Sorry. You know, I wanted him to do, I wanted him to do so well at UCLA and then it just never kind of it never materialized and then I thought okay, he's going to he's going to really light it on fire at at Colorado. Maybe it's just cuz I want him to. I don't know. I just think he's I think it's largely guy, because you but, want him to. Yes. Great guy. He's a great yeah. guy. I've talked to him many yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Great great yeah. guy, but there's some serious heavy lifting to be done there. And so I think until we see someone do it, the default prediction is no, they're not going to. Even though PK has said a million times, well, you never know with a coaching hire. True. They're True starting enough. to do. They're doing some facility stuff there, and that's going to help. Probably the next guy. Oh man! And Boulder's a great town. I mean, I, I think Boulder's a great place. It shouldn't be too difficult to to recruit there, and, and certainly they've had success in the past. So, do you think? Uh, do you think Jimmy Lake survives this year? No, I'm with PK. No. He just got suspended a game without pay. They've got a great chance to lose to Washington State and end on a down note. 
They're four and five. Are they? Are they going to be bowl eligible? No. Oh man. They can lose to ASU and drop to four and six. Beat Colorado. Lose to Wazoo. Be five and seven. No. There's a, there's a little, there's a little, <laughs> he's putting there's no little, hat on the no hat. <laughs> no, no. There's a little rumor going around in Seattle that the trustees are getting together and putting together a nice package for Chris Peterson <laughs> to come back. No. Please. <laughs> Please. Please, Chris, we're begging you. We got no other ideas. If he's interested in coaching, excuse me, I'm SC, I throw him Whatever package Washington puts, I triple it. No question. Yeah, you just go down to New. You go down to Newport Beach and tell some alums to write some checks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd love to see. I'd love to see Chris Peterson at uh, at USC. I just think that. I think that would be fantastic for the Pac-12. I would think most U fans would like to not see that happen. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I understand that part of it, but but um, for the for for the sake of the conference, I mean, the conference needs something because as it sits, you can't have like you, you can't go through a every year like oh we got one loss Oregon or we have one loss this team and if they win the rest of their games and it's unlikely that the winners of the games and are they going to be over to, able to overcome the f- playoff committee and. You need a dominant team in in the Pac-12, or the Pac-12 is never going to see the playoffs ever. So, I mean, for the for the Pac-12, they need to make some. They need to figure out some hires. Chris Peterson is is a guy that they need to go. I mean, they just need to go get him, and they need to put him in the right spot. Washington potentially is the right spot. USC definitely is a right spot. So, uh, I. I just don't know how – philosophically, I just don't know that the Pac-12 as a conference is really that interested in in a football championship. So, And if that's the case, then, then they'll go find a, you know, a good guy to run USC. But USC will have two losses every year, even with all the talent. And same with Washington and, and maybe Oregon. You know, maybe one team will sneak through with one loss, but, but they're never going to see the playoffs. If if that's the way it's going to be, so I don't know. Maybe maybe we just have to settle on that. The Pac-12 is just that's not the the main focus of the Pac-12 is to win a football championship. We'll leave it right there, Frank. Thanks for the downer. Did we even talk about Utah, Arizona? We tried not to. <laughs> I listened. PK, did you listen to that? Did you listen to the radio broadcast? Did you watch the game? Which game? Arizona, sorry, the Arizona game last week. I did not listen to radio, no. What well, so I like to listen I I t- t- I like to listen to the local radio broadcasts when I can. Like so I listen to the Arizona broadcast. And I can't remember the name you probably know him. I can't remember the name of the uh of the play-by-play guy for Arizona. Um but he did he did a nice job on the broadcast. It was very entertaining listening to him, and you could just hear the excitement in his voice as it got closer and closer and closer. And I, I'm not kidding. I think that he broke down and shed tears at like he got all choked up. 
at the end of that at the end of that football game. It was just kind of an amazing moment to listen in in radio football. It was like he he literally broke down. He was emotional. <laughs> he was talking about. I think it was homecoming. I mean, all of these things kind of went congealed together in the perfect storm, and and uh, it was quite a moment in uh, in radio football history. I thought it was very entertaining. Frank, good to catch up with you. We will talk to you again next week. Thank you. All right, you guys. You're the best. Have a great week. Hat on hat next week, Frank. All right, Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, on a bye week coming up at 9 o'clock. And John Judkins, Dixie State men's basketball coach, facing number 1-ranked Gonzaga. He'll be here at 9.30. We have jazz tickets to give away, and we will do that next. And if you don't win, then again in the 9 o'clock hour. If you don't win then, well, you know, the rest of the day here on The Zone. DJ and PK, somebody's going to the Jazz-Hawks game. It's tonight, and we'll give away the tickets next on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. James Empey, offensive lineman, BYU. That final walk in the 100 yards across the Bell Edwards Stadium, how emotional was that for you? That's a cool tradition that we do, kind of that last walk in Lavelle. And, you know, I've always thought it was cool since my first year here. And, you know, it was a cool moment and everybody's excited. And like I was saying, tons of great memories, tons of great experiences, lots of lessons learned and growth here. And, you know, regardless of what the future holds, it was special. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. we got a pair of tickets to see the Utah Jazz play the Atlanta Hawks tonight. We're looking for caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. If you want to go see the Jazz and the Hawks tonight, we got tickets to see the Jazz and the Hawks again in the 9 o'clock hour. Be here at 9.30 for that. And we'll have tickets all day long on every show, every hour. So stay tuned. Right now, 855-340-ZONE. You can win right now. Y'all can pick up the phone and caller 12 is going to the game. PK. What? How many excuses do you want to hear tonight? Zero. Z. Row, here come the Atlanta Hawks, and yeah, they looked really good in the playoffs last year. Knocked the Knicks out in the first round, won a seven gamer in the second round, sent the Sixers packing, and were two two with the Bucks in the conference final. But it has not translated to this year. They have opened up four and seven this year. They're on a four game losing streak. They are one and six on the road. They are playing back to back after. Giving up 50 points to Steph Curry and losing to the Warriors in San Francisco last night. Zero. As in zero res. See what you did there. I want no residue left on the basketball floor tonight. Jazz got to win. They got to get back. You're already chasing Golden State. True story. Can't let them get too far ahead of you. Prefer not to. No. Warriors are nine and one, best record in the NBA. Jazz are seven and three, which is tied for second in the West, tied for third in the entire NBA. You got these home games coming up. You got a bunch of them. This is a five-game homestand, but there's uh, you extrapolate it out even more. There's twelve out of seventeen or something. I don't know what it is, <clears throat> but a lot got, of home you games. A bunch, is your point. So yeah. let's take care of biz. Because I think that this is a caliber team that shouldn't have, at the very most, more than five home losses this year. That'd be an outstanding record at home. Right. 
Do they play 41? So what's 41 minus 5? 36 and 5 is what you're I think they should go. Yeah, I think that's realistic, if not better. And then maybe, you know, a couple of games above 500 on the road. And there you go. That's 24 and 17 on the road. And, hey, look at that. You just built a 60-win team, PK. If you can get 24, I'd take 24 and 17 just about every season. Uh, if you can get that. But I think this team is capable of producing a very glossy home record. And you've got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And right now, Atlanta's in a bad spot. They've got some nice young players. They're very, very young. Sports Illustrated in their basketball preview edition had a big story on Trey and the team. And so many of their guys are under 25. Really, the best for these guys is to come. You know, they're just barely getting started. I know they got high hopes based on the last season, but maybe that was... I don't want to say an anomaly. I don't know what I would call it, but uh, good for them. They had success. Uh, so, you know, teams are aware of you. The word's out. This, these guys got uh, some good players on this team, so let's see what they can do. It's funny. I was watching their free preview uh, on DirecTV the first week of the season. I'm flicking around just watching, just trying to get a feel. And I got uh, my wife walks through the room, and she says, Bogey got traded? I said, what are you talking about? Well, they just said Bogdanovich. I said, oh. Yeah, well, that's about Bogdan. That. That's Bogdan. <laughs> that's the other Bogdanovich. Uh, different first name, and I'm not, I don't even know if the last name is spelled the same. Uh, it is. It's spelled okay. the exact same. And I don't know if there's any relationship there or what have you, but uh, that was funny that she picked up on that because when I watch a game, I don't even really – especially out of town, I, I just overlook what they're saying. I'm just watching the game, and I didn't even catch it. And she caught it because she wasn't watching the game, but she heard the name. And said, Bogey got traded. You would have thought that she would have known that. And I said, no, 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 that's the other Bogdanovich. <laughs> so that was a little bit of fun in that they got two uh, Bogdanoviches, and they played the other night against each other. And Locke was talking about Bogdanovich on Bogdanovich crime. Uh, so... Get this win. Get the home uh, stand started out on the right note. You've lost two in a row. You don't want to let this linger. I, I see no reason why it doesn't happen. I mean, I'm, I, I have very little worry beyond this is the NBA, and almost any team can beat any other team in any given if you know, unless you're really, really bad, and the Hawks are not really, really bad, their, their record notwithstanding. Trey Young can go for 35-40 very easily. He's an exciting young player. So beyond that, though, I have no sense of nervousness that they're not going to win. It's set up for him with the Hawks going back-to-back and not playing well. Jazz just beat him there. Sometimes when you play a team twice that close together, you split, but things are going too poorly. And there was a quote, I don't know if you saw it, I only saw it because Scotty G saw it and retweeted it with comments, so I came across it. Uh, Trey Young basically talking about how hard it was to get up for the regular season. The playoffs have so much juice, and now the start of the regular season just doesn't. Because they were, you know, you can imagine the adrenaline was just pumping a young team, shocking first the Knicks and then taking down the Sixers. I mean, it was a shock to beat the Knicks, but go ahead. Yeah, okay, you're probably right about that. But still, to win their first playoff series, that had to fire them up. For sure. 
And then you get Earl Young, and then they had to change coaches in the season. Right. And McMillan's got them going on. And now you get back to the start of a new season, and you just don't have the same adrenaline, the same uh, juice. Tough. You're a professional. You're getting paid a ton of money. You have a job to do, and it doesn't matter what your feelings are and all that other wow, stuff. you saw Scotty's tweet. I didn't. <laughs> Scotty, I did Scotty not. was like basically like, oh. wow, well, thanks for sharing that with all the season ticket holders. How about you amp it up? You're getting paid. I mean, yeah, yeah, but I mean, that's that's the thing I always found interesting. We want these guys to speak the truth, and if we don't like the truth, yep. we criticize them for saying the truth. Yes, that's <laughs> what we want. <laughs> so at least be honest, because we already thought about it. I, I get what Trey it's Young just, is saying. It's just a lesson of Young player's got to learn over the course of uh, career. Uh, old player, young player, it doesn't matter. Ah, uh, he won't have this issue. He uh, uh, no, I asked Joe about that last week when you were gone. About the monotony of the mm-hmm. regular season on a team that exclusively is going to be judged by the postseason. So I, I, I don't I think it's uh irrelevant of the age. I, I can argue that an older team, a veteran team like the Jazz, hey, they have to go through it. They and, do, but they know how to negotiate it. Even yeah, though but that doesn't true. mean they don't feel the same thing uh, that exactly. Trey Young said. Right, but that's part of being the pro is you recognize the nah, truth for what it is. third or fourth year now. He's, yeah. Come on. He's, but it's the first time he's coming down off a playoff high like that. But the, he, I think they already know it. It's just that you have to just look at yourself. Okay, I am paid, and the money is... I mean, it's awesome, but that's beside the point here. You are paid to do a job. doesn't matter what your job is. I mean, my father once told me, man, it doesn't matter what you are doing. If someone is paying you, you owe it to them to do your best, particularly if you want to move up in the world. You're not going to be able, wow, this sucks, so I'm going to dog it. That's not the way it works. I remember him telling me this specifically, of busting your butt. That's the only way you keep moving up, and the word gets out, this guy's a hard worker. So you have to be totally professional, and sure, you're from uh, Atlanta, and you're home there, and he's an Oklahoma kid, obviously. Grew up in Norman, went to the uh, OU. Uh, and so you're in Golden State, Oakland, or San Francisco now one night, and the next night you're in Salt Lake, and it can be mind-numbing. But it doesn't matter. Your job is to play basketball to the best of your ability. Now, some nights the best of your ability is better than other nights. I understand that. You have whatever you may be sick or whatever, but you still got to go out there. The statues did it for years, and I know that seems like we're getting to the point where we start referencing the statues. We might as well be talking about Abe Saperstein or somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, but still. Abe Saperstein. <laughs> you're, getting, you're getting so far removed every year. Obviously, you're a year more removed, but nevertheless. Thank goodness for they, book reports. I know who Abe is. <laughs> they did. They came, and they did it. So if they could do it, you could do it. So I, I just don't want to hear it. I, I don't have any problem with him acknowledging that because he spoke the truth as he saw it. And now that doesn't mean that because he said that, that he's going to dog it. I don't draw the direct correlation line between the two whatsoever. He spoke that, man, these games come at you and you don't even you, you get to like January and they're going to be hard pressed to remember these games. But they're here now, and you have something that you're supposed to do. So I expect the Hawks to come out and fired up. on Nate, Nate McMillan played in the era of the statues, so he's an old-school dude. And so he was, I don't know if he was chartering all the time when he first broke into the league, because it seemed like he played in the league. One of those Ty Corbin guys who was on teams and was a decent player, not a star, but I'd have to look it up. It seems, in my memory, it seems like he played a long time. So he knows what it's about. And gut it up, man. And the Jazz, you've, in a sense, it's good that they lost two. 
No, you don't. Last thing you want is to lose three. So there's no reason to be fat and happy. If you lose a few, that ought to refocus your concentration, which I think it will. And Conley's back. And they're seven and one when he plays, and zero yeah. and two when he sits. I mean, Conley to me so far this season is at least offensively is the most consistent guy that they've had this season. I mean, Rudy's always going to be there with the boards and the defense, but on the other end of the floor, Conley is just uh, when when he's out on the floor, it's just like everything feels better. He's like the ultimate. Uh, he's a true just, point guard. Just the, what's the word I'm looking for? He is uh, leader. I, I, you just feel a sense of security. Like, everything's going to be okay. We got Mike. And when Mike's there, he just has a calming effect. Like, uh, we can do this type of thing. You know, he's been around forever, even in his interviews. So very well, the stuff that he says. I don't mean that's probably an awkward way to say it. Uh, just, But he's calming in his interviews, yeah, too. Yeah, he's a very calming in- influence. And I can feel it, and I'm, I don't have any, I'm not inside the locker room. I can get some stuff, and guys can tell me stuff, and that's what I've heard, and that's what I believe he is. So he comes back, and he's he is as true a pro as you're going to have in this league. I believe that. No getting, nonsense. Count yeah. on him. Yeah. As long as no, he's healthy. No distractions. Right. Well... I wonder if coming home here when this big stretch of home games is this is where the three-point shooting gets untracked. Well, we'll all be looking for that. Yeah. Because right now they're bottom five in the league. They're yeah. 26th. 31.8%, which is a solid 6 7 8% below where people thought they'd be. Well, that just means good times are coming, as far as I believe. Because they're going to have some nights where they shoot 45 50% to get that number up. Yeah. Because I don't think that any of their three-point shooters, and they've got several, I don't think any of them, or thinking, okay, this is over now. Not Joe, not Bogey, not Conley, and those are the oldest guys. And the, the other guys, Royce and, and Mitchell, are, are youngsters. They're 7-3, and three, playing mostly on the road, shooting the three really poorly. Seven games in 12 cities, or 12 cities in seven games. I don't know, they were talking about that. And the first person who says, oh, that first game back from a road trip. <laughs> I am just not going to go over that. That's not going to sit well with me. Right. We all know that. We've all heard that. But the Hawks are playing Bull. back-to-back, flying in late night from yeah. the West Coast. So that trumps the Jazz issues on the first game back from a road trip. And the more you can bring up trumps, I'm better all for it, as all of us are. DJ PK coming up. We are talking college football with Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, will join us at 9 o'clock right here on The Zone. DJ PK reminding you, Football Fridays. Football Fridays are presented by Stonehaven Dental. At Stonehaven Dental, they say yes. Yes to free exams and x-rays for new patients and flexible appointments. Say yes to great dental care. Visit StonehavenDental.com to schedule an appointment. And we are giving away Utah Jazz Atlanta Hawk tickets coming up at 9.30 right here on The Zone Sports Network. The new Zone lineup is here. With the best coverage of the sports you love and the teams you can't live without. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10, followed by Jake Scott and Ben Anderson from 10 to noon. Get your daily fix of Hans and Scotty from noon to 3. And then the zone welcomes unrivaled with Alex Curie and former NFL quarterback Scott Mitchell to the team. Weekdays from 3 to 6, live and local, all day, every day. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone, powered by kslsports.com. 
Join Unrivaled with Alex Curie and Scott Mitchell at the warehouse Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom! <laughs> Jazz and the Hawks tonight. Hawks coming in after losing to the Warriors last night. Candace Parker went on social media and predicted 50 for Steph, and then he got it. Oh, Candace, she knows her stuff. Steph is going to have 50 tonight. Anytime you play against a young protege, you got to let him know. Has she played against a young protege? Well, probably, I would assume. But you don't know. I don't. Because you don't follow WNBA. Because you didn't go up to Rice Eccles and figure out, hey, I can make some money off of this. I did follow when it was in town. (laughs) But it left town, and that was it. I'm here to follow local sports. (laughs) Okay. Who was a great point guard? In the Stars' day, then, buddy. Are you referring to Jen Azy, the Stanford Cardinal? Yeah, but that was, that was latter day. Give me earlier. Don't you forget your Tammy Reese. <laughs> she wasn't great. She was too, Virginia. She was a Cavalier, wasn't she? I don't know that. Look it up. Covered the WNBA plenty of times in my day. People are now tweeting at uh, Candace. Candace, what are the lottery numbers? Let's go. What's some real predictions? Make some money off of them. And she was married to that Sheldon Williams guy, but I think they uh, split up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Candace what? went back to Chicago, won this thing this summer. I saw that. Over my Phoenix Mercury. I saw that. And then the Mercury, led by Deanna Taurasi, did not want to speak to the media. Oh, man. Let's send all those people on that side of the aisle who praise that stuff. I didn't hear much criticism. Come on, that's insulting. If you want to be treated equally, if you don't speak to the media after a loss, you should be held accountable for it. You can't just uh, pump it up uh, and want it to be equal, but don't equal the criticism. Uh, But I think that's enough of our WNBA for now. We got Dylan Cauley coming up Looking next. Forward to the draft. I want to hear more about Margot Dedick. So, now she passed. She did. Yeah, I interviewed her. It was actually it was very fun to cover those teams because they just loved it. They loved the attention. A lot of the problem is a lot of them didn't speak English. A lot of passion for that uh, league. Yeah. Elena Baranova was that the Russian player? Yes. Great player. Yeah, she's yep. really good. But she didn't speak English, yeah. so you couldn't couldn't yeah. put her on TV. Right. Yeah. Yes, yeah, a tall, skinny gal who was a multi-talented, could do a lot of different things with the basketball, was very, very good. Uh, so, yes, uh, I covered them uh, I covered them in Cleveland against the Cleveland Rockers. In Cleveland. Yes. How about that for a trivia question? Covered them in Los Angeles and Phoenix and obviously here. Took my daughter to them so they could, so she can get exposure to to, to women doing their thing. Took them, took her to uh, Utah women's events. Uh, Beth and the volleyball team would go uh, watch those things, watch their games on Friday nights. That, that I mean, I've always been a volleyball fan. I think volleyball in person is one of the best sports that you could watch. And I had no idea when I went to college. Everybody in the dorms one night, yeah, let's go over and go see uh, UCLA. I'm like, UCLA, what? Carts crying, UCLA were coming to town. I had no idea. Totally got hooked. You're right. It'll it'll draw you in in a heartbeat. Especially there, in person. Right, exactly. I only went because a lot of guys from the dorms were going. I went over there. I'm like, okay, that was pretty good. The ladies or the men? 
that was guys, but oh, that's right. But eventually, Karch, right. yeah, yeah, it was Karch. Gotcha, gotcha. But eventually, uh, it was both. Yeah, I've covered yeah. plenty of uh, women's and men's yeah. volleyball. All right, DJ and PK, it's ninety-seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone coming up next. We are talking BYU football with Dylan Colley and then John Judkins, Dixie State men's basketball coach. College basketball all over the state tonight. Dixie State is playing number one ranked Gonzaga. We'll talk with John at 9.30. Dylan Colley is next.